Hello all and welcome to The L Show, where the L in the show L Show stands for leaning in, which means that we will not shy away from any subject, no matter how taboo, uncomfortable, like menopause, sex and libido, mental health and depression, difficulties with weight loss, and all other topics that are important to maturing women in the prime of our lives. So thank you for tuning in and either watching or listening to the show. I'm your host, Patty Alvarez, owner of Good Soul Hot Yoga, and I'm filling in for Dr. Nicole Eastman, who's the owner of Rose Pharmacy Boutique and Apothecary here in Cornelius. They specialize in custom formulated medications specific to your needs. So cool. So make sure you check them out at Rose Pharmacy and Boutique at Rose Pharmacy and Boutique Apothecary on Instagram and Facebook or at her website at roserxboutique.com. So I'd like to introduce our guest today, Tammy Hopkins. Tammy is the former senior marketing manager and engagement lead for the Blue Zones Project, Brevard, who's joining us virtually from Massachusetts. We sought out Tammy because of her work with the Blue Zones Project. So welcome, Tammy. How you doing? Hey, I'm great. Good, and good. I've got my blue, my old blue zone shirt behind me. Love it. Done, love it. done hundreds of walks. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Many miles on that t-shirt. That's great. Oh, yeah. So um, such an intriguing, intriguing topic. So must be an intriguing to- person. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I uh, was living in Brevard, North Carolina for about 28 years. I moved there from San Diego. Uh, wanted to went from living at the beach to living in the mountains, and I was Ranger Tammy there at the Cradle of Forestry Historic Site, leading tours every day, and I loved just being out in nature. Got a call to go work as the executive director of the Arts Council downtown and help Brevard become an arts destination when I heard the Blue Zones were coming to Brevard. So I raised my hand and said, I want to be involved. I know everybody. I want to be the engagement lead. Wonderful. Yeah, they also gave me the marketing and PR job on top of that, and it was the best job I've ever had. Wow. So how did you first get introduced? And we'll get definitely into more of the details for our listeners who aren't quite familiar with what the Blue Zones are. But um, how did you get involved, or how did you say, I should say, how did you get um, knowledge of the Blue Zones? How did you learn about the Blue Zones? Well, when I lived in San Diego, California, I had heard about it, and then I moved to North Carolina. And... A friend of mine said, we're going to move to Nicoya, Costa Rica. We're going to go live in this blue zone. Wow. And so I heard it and I knew it was important to them. Okay. And I wasn't sure I knew all the details, but I knew for them to choose that and that lifestyle, that it was something that I would like. So when I heard it was coming, I really listened up and then I went and started researching it. Sure. And what about what, when was this? What year would you say? Roughly. Uh, when we heard about Blue Zones yeah. coming yeah. to Brevard, uh, 2019. Okay. All right. Great. Awesome. Yeah, the year before COVID. <laughs> a year before COVID. Wow. Okay. That's that's interesting. Um, yeah, I had gotten my father a copy of the book probably, I would say, 15 years ago and was just blown away by the information. Right. And we had so talked- I have a little book here behind me. Let's see. This one? Is this the one that he read? Yes, absolutely. And actually, I brought it with me when I moved. My Sadly, we lost my father, so I brought it with me to North Carolina, but then there's a strong correlation, as um, I think I'd explain to you, between the the Colin Campbell phenomenon and the forks yeah. over knives and the China study and so forth. So it's really interesting to see um, and how all of these doctors are kind of and scientists are working together to literally make uh, the world a better place and offering a better quality of life, which is fantastic. So. Um, a little history on the Blue Zones. Can you tell me a little bit about how the whole thing got started? Sure. And you can read this in the books by Dan Butner. You can look it up online. 
uh, Blue Zones LLC, if you want to go online, that'll bring up Dan Butner's company for the, the Blue Zones corporate. Okay. And uh, in 2004, Dan Butner uh, partnered with National Geographic and the National Institute on Aging. And they wanted to do a longevity research project. And they wanted to go find out where in the world are people living the longest. So they went out and searched. Again, that started in 2004. Took them several years. And every time that they found a zone that they, I'm not sure of all their criteria, but they had a list that the the area had to fit. Okay. They, They had a big map up on the office wall and they would circle it in a blue marker. Thus, the blue zones. We found another blue zone. That's a great, great, great piece of information. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So so then, so they find five locations and then they're like, well, now let's find out, do they have anything in common? Okay. So do you want to talk about the five locations? Absolutely. Why don't we just dive right into it? Okay, great. So one of the first places they found was up in the mountains in Sardinia, Italy, and after doing some studies there, they realized this is where men were living the longest. It's the largest population of centenarian men. Second place uh, was Okinawa, Japan. Mm-hmm. Found out that's where women are living the longest. Women are fully functioning and being a part of their communities mm-hmm. at 103, 105. It's amazing. Yeah. Women uh, and Mr. Miyagi from the Karate Kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wax on, wax on. <laughs> Um, and I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce this next. Everybody disagrees on how to pronounce this one, but I could carry a Greece. Okay. Was the, a, another one. And then Nicoya, Costa Rica, which is the one I knew where my friends moved to. And okay. then they were talking and saying, well, what is, is there any possibility that there's going to be one in the United States? And so they started looking at communities and they found a pocket in Loma Linda, California. And that is the pocket of the largest group of Seventh-day Adventists. Mm-hmm. And so they happen to be vegetarians of the group. They're the only ones that's purely vegetarian. They don't drink alcohol, um, but they have everything else in common with the other blue zones that were chosen. Okay. And so they said, well, listen, so, what, how many, so, you know, years go on, they're studying it. They're seeing what they eat, testing their bodies. They're bringing doctors and scientists in. And they come up with the fact that these five places have nine things in common, five commonalities, and they call them the power nine. Okay. So these principles are sort of what Blue Zones is based on, introducing it to communities in the United States, the power okay. nine. Okay. So I want to cut you off because I want to save the power nine because I'd love to compartmentalize that into our next segment. So I, I would I would trace back to say, so how long in time did they trace back to all these these places? Was it a certain period of time or? I'm not sure. I just know the first study started in 2004 and they're still going back. Okay. So Dan Butner is still, and his uh, his he has a whole family that works with him, a whole team, and they still go back and visit each of these places and still do some studies. Wow! If you watch on Netflix right now, they yes. just did a documentary on some of the locations, and they talk about those changes that are still happening. Yeah. And did now Dan Butner? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, did Dan Butner? Did he uh, create that Netflix documentary? Uh, he worked with a team of people, and you'll see him on there walking through and showing, meeting, introducing you to the communities, okay. talking to some of the people that he's been going to visit for years. Okay. Yeah, my sister Kelly's a big fan, and she keeps she kept saying to me this morning, ask her if she has met with and worked with Dan Butner. Have you gotten to meet with him and work with him? I have, yes. Wow. He came to Brevard a couple of times, and his brother Nick, 
helps run the company. And Nick has been to Brevard as well several times. Oh, wow. That's oh, yeah. amazing. Great guys. Yeah. So this is a, like a full-time gig. This is just going to go on and on and on for somebody like Dan. Oh, yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> for all of our sakes, correct? And he's living well, so he's going to live a while. That's great. And where does he live? I want to say Minnesota, but okay. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. And that's all where right. they, their offices were, and they started the first original blue, American blue sense they tried to create was in Albert Lee, Minnesota. Okay, was great. was their offices. Okay, awesome. So listen, I'm going to cut you off for a minute. I'm going to make a couple okay. quick announcements. And then from there, we'll go into our break. And then we'll come back and we're going to talk to you about the Power Nine. Okay, so thank you, Tammy. So guys, just FYI, the legendary WSIC Community Yard Sale returns Saturday, October 28th, right here at 1117 Radio Road. Visit wsicnews.com slash yard sale for details. Thanks, guys. And we'll see you in our next segment. Thank you, Tammy. All right, so welcome back to The L Show. I'm your host, Patty Alvarez, in for Dr. Nicole Eastman, and we are talking about living longer, happier, and better. And what better subject matter to have online is than is our guest, uh, Tammy Hopkins, talking about the amazing topic of the Blue Zones. So just a couple things I want to, a couple housekeeping items I want to get out of the way is just to make sure our listeners understand that the information presented on the show is absolutely positively not intended to replace the advice of your healthcare providers. So while I always like to condone listening to your gut, I also <laughs> want to remind you that you have to listen to your doctor. Um, so hopefully you got somebody really good in charge. Um, so... Back to program, the Power Nine. So we're talking about the Blue Zones. Um, I want to just give a quick recap for anybody who wasn't with us. Five areas in the around the world where they have the most, the strongest population of centurions is what we would yeah, say. Yes, centenarians and longevity. You can just say of longevity. They're living longer, happier, healthier. They uh, live longer, better. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. I'll take it. Okay, so um, Costa Rica, Greece, Okinawa, Japan, uh, Loma Linda, California, and where I'm dying to visit is Sardinia, Italy. I have a good friend yeah. <laughs> who uh, is from Sardinia. So, um, so we've we've talked about these five places, and now we want to talk about the common threads and kind of what makes them, um, uh, what qualifies them as blue zones. So, why don't we get into the Power Nine? Sure. Yeah. So, and I'm I'm going to be looking up occasionally to make sure I don't forget one. That's so okay. They, I have them they, here too. I have my cheat yeah. sheet. <laughs> when they found the five blue zones, of course, the next step is, well, do they have anything in common? And they found these things, the nine things, that all the people in these communities, they move naturally every day. They're walking to the store. They're walking to church. They're uh, gardening. Most of them grow a garden and eat out of the garden. They're preparing their own meals. So they're at, there's constant movement throughout the day. They don't really use the word exercise. It's okay. purely about movement. Okay. And uh, purpose. This is one of that we found in our community that resonated one of the most a uh, purpose. They know every day when they wake up what their purpose is. And especially the older population, they really feel like they have a purpose and they belong. They're not sticking them in an older folks home. They're not they're part of the family, they're part of the community. They're helping raise the the, the next generation. Mm-hmm. They are part of it. So they live on purpose. Yeah. I have to say, um, one of my favorite concepts of the Blue Zones is that 
um, that the elders are kind of revered after. They're the ones that really, I mean, we live in a culture where everybody's kind of obsessed with being 25 and um, yeah, with Photoshop and filtering and it's the opposite in the blue zones. So yeah. make note of that, ladies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then downshifting, they know that they need to take a moment for themselves every day. Downshift. Get out of the stress of life and just take a moment. So downshifting. Is meditation, would you consider meditation part yes. of that? Meditation, taking a nap, going for a walk. So I used to walk every day on my lunch break mm -hmm. just to get away. Sure. I, led, I led walks, but that was with 20 to 30 people. So yeah. I needed one by myself sometimes. Sure. Uh, just to go lay. I love to lay in the hammock. So yeah. That's sort of, yeah well, my father was, um, and he was certainly a workaholic and one of the greatest men I've ever known. But um, towards the end, when he would stay home a lot more, um, I kind of moved in and um, I would come downstairs sometimes and I would see him sitting in his chair and I'd say, well, he's no yogi, but he's meditating and he doesn't yeah. even know it. <laughs> but he, you know, I think he had intuitively he knew um, that yes. was the right thing to do. So I love that. I like the term downshifting too. That's, that's yeah, just to downshift it, especially if I've been in a rough meeting or something, you know, whatever job is in it. Like if I had known then about downshifting, yeah. like just take that moment and just let it go and go yes. on to the next thing. Yes. Uh, some, some communities might call it a siesta too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So come in many forms. These things, you know, just think, think about what the words mean to you. Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of the communities have something called an 80% rule. Okay. You only eat until you're 80% full. Mm. And so eating with your family and your friends is a big deal in other countries. Yeah. Um, and I know my family and friends, we try to make a point of this. It's sure. try, uh, every you know, Thursday, we all go out together and make sure that we have a dinner together in time. So you're talking, you're slowing down, you're enjoying your meal. And you're like, oh, maybe I should give myself a moment here. Right. So it's 80% rule. So no food coma. <laughs> yeah, no food coma. No eating to oblivion. Yeah. And um, in terms, do they talk about portions or anything like that? Or just kind of, I guess it's relative to each person, each individual? Right. Yeah. So I think it's for them. It's just not overeating, like just going so fast. We eat so fast in America. We're so like we're eating in the car to go to the next thing. Sure. Like you don't even like take the time to taste it. Well, just like, look at, <laughs> think of, think of a portion at the Cheesecake Factory. Have you ever looked? And I love that restaurant. I mean, the food is delicious, but the calorie content in some of those meals is like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so when we talk about the next subject is plant slant. So okay. they tend to eat plant slant. We're not saying don't eat meat because they do. They do. But in America, we'll have meat like this, a bit, you know, a big steak and then a little veggie mm -hmm. there. It's the opposite. Mm -hmm. They'll have a plate full of vegetables and fruit and then they'll have a little piece of meat. So it's the side dish. It's the side. Meat is definitely the side dish and they don't have it at every meal. Sure. So it's like a special thing. Sure. And then, of course, the Loma Linda community doesn't eat meat at all. They I was going to ask you that. Vegetarian. Yeah, okay. they are the one group that is a vegetarian all the way. So do they uh, promote beans, tofu, that sort of thing? Because a they lot do. of people, especially long pe young people, are, you know, vegan, vegetarian. It's yeah, kind yeah. of the cool thing to do these days. So they have something called sort of the, the five pillars of Blue Zones diet. Okay. And that is whole grains. Okay. Vegetables. Greens and beans are huge. Beans at almost every meal, and then tubers, and that's sort of like sweet potatoes. Okay. Especially right. in I know Okinawa, sweet potatoes are a huge thing there. And then the fact that they all cook their meals, or a you know a neighbor cooks, and everybody comes to eat. Mm -hmm. You know, in your food, you know what oils have been used, or you know whatever you know everything about that meal. 
Sure. <laughs> Do they promote a certain type of oil to cook with, or is that? Uh, you know, that subject never came up in okay. the bar. We brought in an oil specialist who mm-hmm. talked to us about the different oils. And we actually have a gentleman who was one of our cooking chefs. We brought in chefs from all different parts of the community to share in our cooking classes. And he only cooks with water. He doesn't use any oils. And that's wah, wah. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because of his heart disease. His doctor said to take oils out. Yeah. And Interesting. he lost a ton of weight and he cooks with water. Interesting. And my daughter did that for a while. And um, I like... Um, I like the texture and, of course, the flavor that that oils bring to my food. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think it's in the, we have to say it's an individual choice because of medical conditions that people have. Of and course. Things. So find out what works best for you. Yeah. And also, I've heard there's controversy over cooking with olive oil um, that right. you're not so supposed to. be a new thing. Yeah. And certain temperatures can make it. So that's we brought in a woman who that's her job. She goes around and teaches people about all different olive oils. Wow. And uh, one of the best ones she said, and this is not tied in any way to the Blue Zones, this is just a specialist that we brought in for a class. She said that Kirkland is one of the best brands. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's um, Costco, right? Yeah, her, um, yeah, Costco. Yeah. Her um, company uh, goes around testing olive oils throughout the year. (laughs) Okay. And it comes back every time in a positive category. Wow. So So note that, people, Kirkland. Yeah, so Kirkland came up in the top three, yeah. Well, while we're on the topic of the the food is that I got the Blue Zone cookbook about a month or two ago. Oh, my God. Well, the recipes, first of all, I mean, incredible. So... And really not uh, too eccentric that it's, you know, difficult for the average person to go out and make one of these meals. So I wish I brought right. my copy with me. I was just thinking. I can grab. I don't know if I can walk away, but I can grab them. There's two cookbooks now. Okay. <laughs> and we have, so the first one, I'm going to guess this might be the one that you got. Exactly. And I love the, gra- the okay. it's beautiful to look at. Right. <laughs> and so this was put out by Dan Butner and his team. Mm-hmm. Some of the original recipes of when he met all the people in these different communities he would go into their kitchens and cook with them so that's some of the original recipes but this one we're very proud because Brevard is in here the blue zones american kitchen oh okay dan went around about a year ago and interviewed different chefs in all the different communities and chose different ones to be presented so we are in here katina hansen owner of the blue ridge bakery in brevard has her recipes in here. Wow. We're located in Appalachia. She did Appalachian recipes. Okay. And what kind of flour? That's another good question. What kind of flour are they using when they cook? That is a good question. And I don't know. I will okay. have to do a search on that. We All can right. do that at the commercial break. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to know because I, I feel like I did read something when I was preparing for the show about, and I just, it, it, we'll it's look that up for escaping the next me. Just let people know. So yeah, flour. So we'll okay. Absolutely. Okay. So next up, we're on number five. Okay, uh, Friends at Five. Okay. So, and um, people in other communities know to take that time to be with their friends every day. So not only are they downshifting, and I would say I actually combine downshifting sometimes with my friends. Okay. Uh, We had a place called Wine Down on Main. And so we would go there, have a glass of wine after work, and share what's going on and help each other solve different issues or challenges that we were having. And so... That friends at five, and, and for when we worked with students, we'd say, you know, friends after school, you know, are you going and hanging out with friends? Are you guys going to the coffee shop? Are you hanging out? Are you playing sports after? Are you going for a walk? Mm-hmm. Um, so going to the, we had a new arcade, so they were going to the arcade. Mm-hmm. So taking that time and feeling a connection 
especially once COVID hit, we found our community needed social connectedness. Mm-hmm. And still trying to make sure that that is happening for people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I find, um, you know, we have three, my husband and I have three daughters and, um, God, it was it was really hard to watch them not being able to go out and connect. And even right. at, at the yoga studio, I have a yoga <laughs> studio, same thing. It was just really, um, and you could see the impact it has. And some of my friends and family members that I knew that stayed home a lot more, um, you could see there was something kind of in their eyes. And and thankfully, you know, we're coming out of that. But yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's good that we had this information. So um, so Friends at Five is six of the Power Nine. And I'm going right. to, we're going to, again, I'm going to cut you off. And we will return okay. after. Uh, we'll be right back with guest Tammy Hopkins and talking about the amazing topic of Blue Zones. So thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you soon. All right, everybody, welcome back to The L Show. I'm your host, Patty Alvarez. I'm in for Dr. Nicole Eastman, and we are talking about living longer, happier, and better. So welcome back to my new friend, Tammy Hopkins, former senior (laughs) marketing manager uh, and engagement lead for the Blue Zones Project Brevard. Um, So I want to give our listeners a little bit of recap for for those who haven't been with us we talking, we're talking about the blue zones, and there are five major blue zones area around the world where um, the longevity far exceeds um, the average s- town or city globally. Um, and this study has been done by, began by a man named Dr. Dan Butner. Is that correct? Dan started... <laughs> Yeah, Dan Butner with National Geographic and the National Institute on Aging doing a longevity study. Okay, so five places uh, around the world. And then from there, um, finding out what the common threads are. So we were talking about the Power Nine. And starting out the Power Nine, one through six is what we covered in our last segment. So we'll talk about, we talked about what moving naturally. Yeah, purpose. Yeah, purpose, uh, downshifting, taking time to rest, uh, 80% rule, uh, making sure that you stop eating when you're 80% full, and then you can see, oh, am I still hungry or am I okay? I'm full. I don't need to eat anymore. And plant slant, I'm gonna. Uh, they tend to eat plant slant except for Loma Linda, where they eat all vegetarian. And I want to bring up the flower question that came up. Thank you. I am on BlueZones.com, and it's under their Blue Zones Kitchen Frequently Asked Questions. And it says, why are all purpose flour and sugar included in the recipes? And here's what they say. There is nothing technically off limits in a Blue Zones diet. And sugar and flour are both used in some dishes and are used in celebratory foods. So what matters most is that the staples of the diet, which you eat the most often, are beans, greens, whole grains, and nuts. If you choose to avoid sugar and or purpo- uh, all-purpose flour, then it's not difficult and hopefully easy when you eat the Blue Zones way. Okay. okay. I never remember just even, because we weren't ever cooking with flour. We were cooking beans. We were cooking, sure. <laughs> cooking sure. greens. So, okay. Yeah, that question, I, I just, I know I'd heard it before, and I just had to look it up to make sure. Yeah, no, thank you. Great, great answer. And and so 80% of what we're eating should be beans, greens, grains, and um what was the, the sweet potato again? Yeah, the, the tubers. The tubers. tubers. So things like sweet potatoes. Okay. All right. So yes, moving yes. right along then on to number seven. 
Okay, so we've uh, we just talked about plants, plants. So we're talking about friends at five, making sure that you take time, whether it's daily or weekly, to connect with your friends. Social connectedness, very important now, especially since we've all survived COVID and we need that connection time. That brings us also to loved ones. In the blue zones, they put their loved ones first. That's very important. They're gonna take that time to go home and have dinner. If there's a presentation at the school, they're gonna make sure they're there. Putting loved ones first. That's it's extremely important to them. Okay. Is there a family dinner every night? Everybody, is there a point of connection or? Yeah, they tried to do it. Um, I think they didn't really understand when I saw an interview once and they, they didn't understand like, oh, kids are off here doing so. Everybody comes home to eat. Mm-hmm. That's sort of a cultural thing. And I know growing up, everybody went to grandma's every weekend. You ate as a big group. Well, I think that's something that we got away from. I have a close friend and we always laugh like she's like, I'm stopping at um, Chewy's for burritos. And then my daughter wants Chick-fil-A. And I'm I'm like, you're going really to three different restaurants in one night for the family. A lot nicer than I am. But I do find myself sometimes if my husband's in the mood for one thing and I'm in the mood for another. So everybody ate. You get what you get. You don't get upset. Everybody eat the same thing. (laughs) Right, right. But you ate together. And, and together. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah something I miss sometimes uh, about yeah. being a kid. That was great. Um, so we talked about loved ones first. And then belonging. The word belonging came up. Because uh, these communities have older people, they are a part of that family unit. They are helping cook. They are helping raise the grandkids. They are a part of everything. They're a part still. And some of them serve on city what we would call a city council. I'm not sure what they call it in their community. Sure. They serve mm-hmm. on these committees and help make important decisions. They belong and are a part of that community. And when we talk later about the Blue Zones in Brevard, people, after they participated, felt like they belonged and were a part of our community. Mm. And then the other one that comes up is called Right Tribe. So finding the people who help you live a healthier life and whatever that is for you again personal choice it's those people who will help you live they'll help uplift you and help you reach your goals sure having okay. a right try and we call it a moai, a moai. A moai. okay the origins <laughs> of the word moai do we know where that comes from yeah that comes from okinawa japan it's japanese and uh they were assigned as youth uh, a support group and that support group would be there for you the rest of your life Wow. And so some of the interviews, you'll see it on the Netflix series, um, they uh, have a support group. And some of the first stories that Dan Buettner put out was this group of women, they're all over 100, around 100 and a little bit over, I think up to 103, that live in the same complex. So imagine if, if we, you and I live in the same complex, we're, we'll say we're 97 and 98. Mm-hmm. The way that we know that you're uh, okay the next day is you go, you wake up and you go open your door. We can check on each other. Everybody's Amazing. opening their door. Oh, look, uh, Mabel didn't open her door. We better go check on her. We have yeah. a support group built in. Wow. It's like modern day go- Golden Girls almost, it sounds yeah, like. But... exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have a joke. At, we have a joke at the yoga studio. Like we all have this pact and we all love our husbands. So please don't get the wrong idea. But we always <laughs> say if anything happens, I'm done. Let's just buy a big house and become Golden Girls together. <laughs> Who's going thought, first? My friends and I have thought about putting tiny houses on it. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody came up with that idea too. So yeah. One way or the other. Yeah. There's something to be said. Yeah. Something to be said about that. Yeah. So right tribe. So those are sort of the nine things that they found that the five original blue zones had in common. And so Dan Buettner, what I've seen him speaking in talks and uh, when he presents and his brother, Nick presents is 
They wanted to see, is there any way to take these concepts and introduce them to communities in the United States? Is there a way that we can help communities become healthier? Can we help them live longer, better? And that's where the idea for the Blue Zones Project came in. Amazing. Okay, and this was this seed was planted when for the when did we get started um, on doing this? Um, Albert Lee has been doing it for a long time, and I will look that up. I know okay. the Bard. We were the we were going to be the fiftieth Blue Zone, and ah. starting in two thousand and nineteen. Okay, and going through twenty twenty three uh, the spring. Okay, so nationwide, you're saying nationwide. I can say Albert Lee. Yeah, there was going to be fifty communities. We did so well during COVID, we were able to finish sooner than some of them. Some people, COVID was hard on a lot of communities. We we thrived in it. So we actually finished as the 47th community to be certified as a Blue Zones community. Wow. Wow. And so when we go to next break, I'll look up Albert Lee to see how long they've been a Blue Zones. Okay. And so where are we at now? Like uh, quantity wise? Wow, that's a good question. I only focused on Brevard, I have to be honest. So <laughs> I only focused on my community, and I worked with a couple of sister communities. Okay. Yeah. So, um, well, if we are the 47th community, <laughs> right, we right, just right. finished in March. Oh, okay. So, All right. Yeah, so we are the 47th. There are, there are other communities still going. For example, Fort Worth, Texas has been going for many years because it's such a large population. They start with a small group, and then they keep adding. Every couple of years, they'll go out further and further in their community. Okay. And then uh, another one, Sarasota, Florida. Sure. They're calling it, uh, I'm sorry, not Sarasota, uh, Naples, Florida. It's called Southwest Florida. So they started with a small group and then they keep growing out further and further and further. And so some of those groups have been going for more than five to 10 years. Amazing. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. So I'm excited to learn a little bit more about what the criteria is to, um, to, to kind of go through this. How long does the process take? I guess that's a good place to start. I think the minimum for us was three and a half years. We needed to make that commitment as a community that we would do it for three and a half years. So that's what our contract was for. Okay. Once you go through that, if you've met all of your goals, then you have been successful and you start handing the programs off to nonprofits okay. and to the volunteers who can keep it going. Okay. So who's involved with getting kickstarting this process, which I definitely like to get into more in our last segment, but um, is it, is it government leaders? Is it church leaders? Is it teachers? It is different, different in every single community. Okay. Like for you guys, it sounds like Dr. Nicole is interested in bringing something like this to her community. Absolutely. So it takes a person who wants to do that. And that's what happened in Brevard. And so I don't know if you want me to go into that or wait till the next segment. Yeah, let's get started. Let's talk about the process of getting into it. And I think in our last segment, we'll go over what the criteria will be, which will be, you know, really exciting to learn. So, right. And I'm not sure I'm going to know all of that. That's because that's between the sponsor and the corporations. Okay. And so the employees aren't really in on all of that. Okay. But um, what I can share is what I know. <laughs> sure. Okay. So, so in Brevard, a gentleman by the name of Lex Green was sitting, uh, having breakfast with his son who just returned home from summer camp. And he had a book and he's reading it and he's not really paying attention to dad. And he's like, uh, you want to put the book down? You've been gone at camp. Can I see what's going on? And he goes, dad, you got to read this. You're, you're working with the health and, and wellness group. You got to read this, the Blue Zones book. They had all been reading it at summer camp. So Lex read it that night. The next morning woke up and called the Butner brothers and said, how do I bring this to Brevard? How can I do that? Okay. Literally how the Blue Zones got started coming to Brevard. Wow. I wasn't wasn't in on those conversations, 
So I don't know what happened, but the group that Lex worked for, the Pisgah Health Foundation, was the main sponsor that brought it to Brevard. Fascinating. Okay, I'm going to cut you off now. We will be right back with guest Tammy Hopkins talking about this amazing topic, the Blue Zones. All right, welcome back to The L Show. I'm your host, Patty Alvarez. I'm in for Dr. Nicole Eastman, and we are talking about living longer, happier, and better. And I'm so happy to have spent this last few, few, last hour, I should say, with Tammy Hopkins. Tammy is the former Senior Marketing Director and Engagement Lead for the Blue Zones Brevard Project. Again, welcome back, Tammy. It's great to have you. So, um, Tammy, we're talking about the Blue Zones. And again, um, without at the risk of boring our listeners, I just want to repeat that there are five major Blue Zones worldwide, and they're noted for their um, excess and longevity in their populations. Um, And within those Blue Zones, there's something called the Power Nine. This is kind of the common thread. And we went through the Power Nine. If you want to just quick plow through those real quick, and just so if anybody's new to the show can understand. They move naturally. They wake every day, uh, wake up every day knowing their purpose. They take time to downshift. They eat till they're 80% full. They uh, eat mostly plant slant. They make sure they take time to visit with friends daily or weekly. They put loved ones first and they feel like they belong, that they are a part of their community. And they try to hang out with the right tribe, people who can support them in whatever their goals are and helping them live a healthy life, having the right tribe surrounding you. Awesome. That all sounds fantastic. Thank you, Tammy. And um, what a Dan Butner was doing and has created was the Blue Zones Project. Um, which right, is... and I, I wanted to go back if I can. We, oh, I'm sorry. Segment, um, we talked about Albert Lee was the first Blue Zone. Yes. It was the first experiment in the United States. Okay. And I just found this. So I knew it was Albert Lee, Minnesota, but I wasn't sure how long it took them. So they started developing Albert Lee as the first test pilot program for Blue Zones in 2009. And they were the first certified community in the United States in 2000. I'm sorry, in 2016. Okay, so 2016. So they, built, they sort of built the program. Yeah, so so twe- tweaking it and trying out things. They were the pilot community okay. to try to do that. Awesome. And then bringing this Blue Zones project into light, um, in your case, in Brevard, North Carolina, um, talking about how we spoke about how um, community leaders, and it could happen from any um, kind of sector in any community, whether it's government or yeah, I've heard, so one of the communities, their hospital wanted to help bring the health and wellness program. And so some of the communities may have three or four sponsors. And some communities like us, we had one, the Pisgah Health Foundation. They helped fund and bring it to the community. And so once you have somebody who's willing to fight for that and bring it, like they, they're going to come look at your community and see, do we think this can be a successful blue zone? They're going to come study you. They're going to have some public input sessions. And so that's just the part of the, that I got to see. But most of it is worked out between the sponsors and ShareCare. So ShareCare is the one who helped run the program for the Blue Zones. Okay. And ShareCare is a digital health and wellness company, a great company, and they have many arms of health and wellness, one of them being the Blue Zones Project. So they help you implement it into your community. Okay. So the sponsors are working with them. Once they agree on whatever that cost is going to be, whatever, however long you're going to do it. So our contract was 3.5 years. 
They gave us metrics that we had to meet in that time. Then they hire the staff and we start, we start working. Amazing. That's where we are. And so October, 2019, three staff members were hired, myself being one of those, and we got to work. Fantastic. Fantastic. And who's funding these uh, programs within the communities? Is there a cost for the community? Uh, for- yes, there is. And so you have to have the funding. And so Pisgah Health Foundation said, we will come up with the funding. That was our local nonprofit that Lex Green worked for. Okay. And he works that out. So we don't know, we don't have access to that information, but between the sponsor and Blue Zones and ShareCare, they work out what, however long you want to do it and what they can afford. So you got to be able to pay for the staff. They're bringing in specialists to help you launch. Mm-hmm. They're bringing people in, for, uh, specialists from all over the country to help you launch the Blue Zones project. Yeah. We even did a project with Boston University where they're helping us track uh, real age and uh, the health and wellness index. So they bring in a lot of resources to help you because you have to track everything before you can become Blue Zone certified. Okay, so uh, there, so that would lead me to that. I would love to see the economics and understand a little bit more about the economics behind that. Um, but maybe we'll save that for another show. I know Dr. Nicole would yeah, love I to have I'm you back. You what, I'm telling you what I know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> All right, no, that's great. So so then then take me through the criteria. Take me through the process of what, a, a, what, what would that look like for, say, Cornelius or Mooresville or Huntersville or Davidson? Right. So every community is different because you're going to meet with the first thing we did when we were hired as a staff was we held meetings with all the nonprofits that were working in health and wellness. We met with the city, the county, the mayor, the health department, all of the groups that were helping feed people in the community and said, what are you being successful at? What are your challenges? And where's the opportunity that we can come in and help uplift you and help you meet your goals? And so the whole community helps you put together your Blue Zone strategic plan for the next three and a half years. Okay. So and it must develop sort of like, you almost develop sort of like a board, let's say like yes. health director, the school principal, there's a whole yeah. bunch. Okay. Yeah. So we worked a lot with the nine public schools that we had and two private schools. So there's, so there's three main focuses that we chose in Brevard. And this is a big Blue Zones thing is you pick people, places, and policy. If you can make changes with people and in the places they go and the policies that surround that, then you can become a healthier community. So I was the engagement lead. My job was to work with people. And so my job was to get individuals, adults and children, to go through purpose workshops to understand their purpose and what they have to contribute to our community. So we would do two-hour purpose workshops, and if they wanted to con- continue searching on that, they could go into a 10-week purpose support group. And that was, I think that was one of our biggest success stories. And then people out of they come out of that going, oh, I want to volunteer over here. I have a passion for this. I can go help this group. We had several people write that book they've been talking about. We had somebody, two people launch nonprofits. Another one launch a for-profit business. So it just, and the excitement that they came out of that, and they still, after the first group that went through at uh, 2020, went through our first 10-week process, they still meet at the coffee shop. I can still wow. run into them in Brevard. Wow. And that wow. is amazing, the connections that it builds. Sure. Well, and it sounds like, it sounds like it's not just, it's not just food, which is like, brings right. us back to the power yeah. nine. So what you're really encouraging is that not only for what people are eating, but how they're spending their days. How, you, how you're spending your time and who you're spending your time with and, per, and making sure you're spending it with people, because especially because we, we launched right when COVID happened. 
So when we did six, the first six months was discovery and interviewing people to help us come up with our strategic plan, putting together our committees. I had a people committee. There was a places committee, a policy committee. Um, and so under people, I did not only did purpose, but I did walking groups to get people out moving. And that was luckily something we could do during COVID. We could get sure. people to come out. A purpose, we moved on to Zoom meetings. And then as soon as we could, we started having them where we could meet in groups. Mm -hmm. We did do plant slant cooking classes, and we were able to do those on Zoom during COVID and then moved to the Seventh-day Adventist Church in our community, who still sponsors them to this day. Um, we, help, we helped people get into the right volunteer positions. We worked with more than 400 people in our community who volunteered over the three and a half years. And that's pretty amazing. Amazing. Uh, so that was my focus, as well as doing the marketing and PR for Just Brevard. And then uh, Sarah worked with places, and that was working with schools, the restaurants, the grocery stores, and work sites. So in the schools, we really worked to bring purpose into the juniors and seniors that were getting ready to, like, what are you going to do with the next step in your life? So that was a really good program. We were trying to, when I was finishing up, when we wrapped up our contract, they were trying to figure out a way to do that in middle schools as well. Great. Uh, restaurants, meeting with restaurants to see, how, can you add a plant plant item? Mm -hmm. Can you add a Blue Zones recipe? Mm -hmm. you know, it can be their own recipe. And so uh, I think I think we had more than 100 recipes added to the restaurants around around Bavard. The number is higher. That I know there was 100. Uh, grocery stores, working with grocery stores for them to put signs of where healthy items were. Oh, here's a Blue Zone section right here in the produce section. A work sites being one of the most important. How do you keep your employees happy? How do you keep them healthy? Can you add healthier snacks in the break room? Can you give them time to walk at lunch? Wow. Doing fun things yeah. together yeah. as a group outside of work. Mm -hmm. And the power of habit and consistency and going through the workplace. Right. right. And so if you can through. do that, you have, people will start coming to work more. They don't want to miss. They don't want to miss out on that activity or, or yeah. seeing their people. Now they enjoy coming to work. And eventually what you see down the line is health insurance prices can come down because people aren't feeling sick. Yeah, absolutely. And then policy. And so Mark, Mark worked on policy and his focus was on the built environment. So land use and transportation. How are we getting people around our community? Is it safe for walkers? Is it safe for bikers? We're ha we actually happen to have some roundabouts coming in. And how do we make that safe for the car, the biker, and the walker? Okay. So that was one of his big focuses, as well as food policy. So how do we make sure that everybody has a chance to get healthy foods? How can we make healthy foods available? And then tobacco policy. How can we discourage smoking and vaping? So we were able to work with the schools and all smoking and vaping is not allowed on the grounds or at any of the events. Worked with the city to make sure smoking and vaping isn't allowed at the downtown events. So things like that. And it's going to be different in every group, in every town who does this. You're going to pick what's important to you under people, places, and policy. Okay. Well, on that note... I want to thank you. What fantastic information you've delivered. Hopefully we've all downloaded this into our minds, remembering, of course, the Power Nine. Very important if we want to implement this into our lives today um, to just really focus on that Power Nine. You can watch the Netflix special, um, tune in, and also Zac Efron's Down to Earth. Uh, yeah. I think season one, episode two or three is on, um, I think he goes to Sardinia, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he does. Um, yes. So, so thank you so much, Tammy for being here today. This has been such a great conversation. I want to thank you. Thank everybody for listening. And we definitely want to have you back on the show at some point this month. I know Nicole had mentioned that. 
So um, we'll continue this conversation. What I'm going to recommend is that Nicole ask uh, SparkPoint, which is the new nonprofit that was formed, to keep some of these programs going. Okay. I understand that information, but anybody wants to look it up, you can type in SparkPoint. Brevard. And so Blue Zones, the goal was to transition over to volunteers and uh, nonprofits running it. And that is what is happening now. Okay, great. All right, cool. So thank you. And I'm Patty Alvarez standing in for Dr. Nicole Eastman. Thank you again, Tammy, for spending time with us. And I look forward to getting to know you. I'm going to get your information. Hopefully we can be in touch. Great. All right, Tammy. Thank you.